Welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shani, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Six Hats podcast. And I'm so excited to have our next guest with us. Her name is Mary Lou Coombe. She is a coach, mentor, and facilitator. Now, she is different. She helps carers and educators of youth gain the tools they need to support children's mental and physical health. Now, she does have a bachelor's in social sciences and psychology, but she is practicing something different of coaching and mentoring teenagers. So welcome, Mary Lou. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I feel you're going to help so many parents who have teenagers and also teenagers themselves. So I'd love for you to start on a personal story. How did you end up focusing your wonderful wisdom and lessons for teenagers? What led to this journey? I've worked with families. I've worked with mothers. I've worked with dads, but mainly the mums in coaching. And I kind of come back to working with young people. And I've worked with youth of all ages from, you know, preschool age to teens and young adults. And my biggest focus, it feels like right now is teenagers. And that's the clients that I am getting to see the most are teenagers with the issues they are facing today. And giving them skills that mainstream doesn't always give them, you know. And for me, it's always about responsibility and feeling empowered. But, you know, you being responsible for that empowerment and it comes from within. And that's what we really harness in the coaching world, I suppose, and the work that I do to kind of, you know, help a young person from that space. We look at their situation from all different lenses And I kind of talk about making friends with our emotions and friends with our problems because when we come in a lens of this is a problem and it's too big and how am I going to deal with this and I've got this problem, it just doesn't help your nervous system, it doesn't help your thought process and everything just feels too much. Whereas if we can reframe it to help a young person go, I know I've got this problem, what is this problem showing me right now? And how can I be the captain of my ship and drive that problem and learn from that problem and take control of that problem? It changes everything. And, you know, also what is my role in this problem? Yeah, like getting really honest with themselves about how they contribute to it and how they can change it. And in all my experiences, it's worked wonders with young people like in going, yeah, actually, I am empowered and I am responsible for this and I can change the course of what's going on. You know, I talk a lot to parents and children and go, don't blame your dad and your mum or your teacher or your doctor or your siblings or your friends about your feelings. And it's really about coming back and kind of rewriting the narrative that it's not outside events and people that influence the way that we feel. Someone can call us a name and that can hurt our feelings, but ultimately we are responsible on whether we take that on for ourselves. Like you can call me a bad mum, for example. I am a mum of two boys, you know, and 10 years ago if you said to me, oh, Lou, you're such a crap mum, I would have probably believed you 10 years ago. But now I just kind of will look at you and go, huh, what do you know about me being a mum? 
So very different perspectives, but your words may be the same. So that's what I love giving young people these tools so they can navigate, you know, we're all going to have issues and challenges in life. That's part of being human. That's part of our growth. But it's like just having these tools and dealing with those issues so they don't impact us as badly as they could. And your question was, why did I come to this? So like you mentioned, my background is in psychology. So I went to uni because I was quite a screwed up teenager and had a lot of issues. <laughs> and when I got to uni, I decided I want to do psychology because I wanted to heal me and I wanted to understand me and I was always really driven in understanding human behavior and what motivates us, what makes us do what we do, why one person react one way to exactly the same situation and another person reacts to it a different way. I wanted to understand how humans were made up and what motivates us and why we act the way that we do, but really also to heal a lot of my childhood trauma and my, you know, with my background. And so I did go to uni and I did do all of that. However, I wasn't really connected with the course itself at all. Psychology is an amazing subject. In university, it tries to prove itself too much as a science. And I felt for me, it lost the human aspect of it. And the theories and the research and all of that behind it is fantastic. But I probably would have done better in a counseling course, to be honest, you know, in regards to what I wanted to do with people. So I pissed all that off and I actually started working in travel and I traveled around the world and I worked, I actually went down the road of, I didn't even know what a Kentucky tour was. And I walked into a travel agency and said, I want a job. And I learned and I learned the hard way. And yeah. that's kind of where my career took me into the travel, you know, travel space. But from that as well, and outside of the travel space and in between jobs, I actually would go and live overseas and experience a culture. I've lived in the US, I've lived in Brazil, and I've lived in London through my 20s in particular and, you know, learned a lot about human psychology from a cultural lens as well because it is very different. You know, we think the US is like us, but living in the Midwest, it was very different and I had to learn things differently and understand people differently and then to cut a long story short, I came back and I wanted to do my master's in education and I'm so grateful RMIT said no. I only applied for them and I wanted to do primary school teaching mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful they said no because that's not the path. Again, I would have mm -hmm. felt like I was just stuck in a system that dictated how I show up with the young people. So what I did when they said no, I did my training certificate in uh, training and assessment and I was going to go and work for an RTO and build courses for families and young people to help them. Mm. And I then became pregnant. And I didn't go down that path because getting pregnant and having this baby completely turned my world upside down. There was a lot of health issues that I wasn't aware of that I mm. later learned about, like having an autoimmune disease like celiac. Mm. When I dropped my baby and he was six months old, I went through a really bad bout of depression and anxiety, a lot of anxiety as a new mum. And I was the baby whisperer before that. Like I could hold any baby that was crying, calm them down, and I couldn't do that with my own. And it really spiraled me into a downward spiral of like talk about, you know, understanding psychology on a next level. And so this gift of a child, because he is a gift for me, really grew me and really taught me about where I needed to heal, the work I needed to do on myself to become a better mother. And then the birth of my second, you know, just really pushed me over the edge of actually going out and taking action mm. on getting myself better. And so I've done a lot of 
mindset work and a lot of spiritual healing, lots of different practices. And I've gone to get my coaching certification, studies in neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis, doing a lot of energy work through access bars and just kind of bringing it all together with the psychology degree and the research that we have on certain things. But for me, I feel like it's just about bringing it all holistically and looking at a person through mind, body, and soul. And I'm a huge believer through that journey that everything happens for us, not to us. And it's up to us, you know, when I was talking about that responsibility before, it's up to us to choose what we do with that. And that's the power of responsibility that we don't really get taught. So I love teaching young people about that. And I equally love teaching their parents about that. So they give their children the space to be responsible. So, yeah. And, you know, in all of this, I began my my coaching journey working with parents, which I loved. And, you know, with what I went through, it kind of, I was able to help them not go through a similar thing and I could relate to a lot of stuff, especially with the anxiety and the depression kind of stuff and looking at hormonal stuff that I went through. So I was able to mentor and coach quite well in that space, but I've always loved working with kids and that call for going back to uni to become a teacher was really strong to work with children. So what I decided to do instead is get my yoga certification for children oh, wow. and go into schools and teach yoga to young kids, which was an amazing business I'd set up before COVID. But again, everything happens for us. And yes. when COVID did come along, I had a beautiful opportunity when I couldn't carry my business anymore to become a youth worker in an Indigenous space. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that work really humbled me and taught me and grew me. So, you know, we go into a job with what we can offer and the value that we can add, but I don't think that organization will ever understand how much value they added for me and the growth they gave me, the opportunity for growth as well, which I took very humbly on, which I love. And then from there, and I only wanted to be there for a year because I am a homeschooling mum and I need to be with my children at home and work my business around them. So now I see clients yeah, one-on-one individually and run courses and stuff online for them. And, you know, this year hoping to impact as many youth as I want, as I can. And the reason I guess I do the work that I do is because I wish I had me when I was 10 years of age. Wow. Mary Lou, that is so inspiring. And there's so many areas I want to just get into a bit more. And thank you for sharing your vulnerability. And I think that really helps when our listeners hear it to say, we're not alone. And it's Definitely really, not really alone. important. And I love your positive attitude towards life because it is about reframing. How do we change the way we approach life, which I absolutely love about you. But Mary Lou, you mentioned about what teenagers are going through now. And I'd love for you to just dive into it very briefly because there's so much more to talk about. Mm-hmm. What are the key areas? What are they, uh, what are they struggling with at the moment that we need to be aware of as adults. Can I just say, first of all, teenagers are amazing. If I can invite everybody listening to this and in a wider society to really be mindful of the language we use about our youth in general, but particularly mm. our teenagers, they don't get a good rap, you know, like everybody's like, oh, teenager, oh, they're going through their teen years, you know. I even referred to them at one point as walking hormones. They are. They're a bundle of walking hormones. When they hit that 12, 13, like tween and getting into their teen, they're a bundle of hormones. Their development 
and what they're going through, the brain of a 14-year-old is almost comparable to a brain of a two-year-old because of all the information and the growth that's like all the information that's coming in and the growth that's happening to that brain. And yet in front of us is this person that might look is taller than us. I mean, my 12-year-old is already taller than me. (laughs) So I look at this person and go, you're so big almost. Like you should understand better. And so when we're shooting on our children, that some of the things, you know, that they face is, well, first of all, energetically, the adults don't even believe in them. Mm. So when we are teenagers and, oh, my gosh, teenagers are so hard, what energy are we putting out in the world of how teenagers are going to show up? I believe they'll match that frequency of us thinking they're difficult so they become difficult. That's one thing, right? So I invite everybody listening to this, have a think about the way that you approach and talk about teenagers because that language invites them to become so. So that's the first thing. The second thing our teenagers are going through, we actually don't understand them. When a teenager this day and age says, you do not understand me to their parent or to their teacher, They're actually correct. We don't because I'm 45 soon and I go back a lot to my childhood or my teen years in the way that I connect with young people. But what I went through 20-something years ago, you know, or 30-something years ago now, is not the same as what they're going through now. We did not have the technologies. We did not have the spaces in what they are facing now. So I got heavily bullied when I was 13, 14, where I've been kicked in the guts and stomped on for being a different race. Now that stuff still happens today, but for me it stopped at school. Mm. I came home and I had shelter for at least 12 or whatever hours until I went to school the next day and I knew home was safe. Sadly, these days home is not because that bullying comes home with them via technology, via their iPads, via their phones, and that is huge. And a lot of parents do not know how to handle that because we've never gone through it. We can't even ask our parents for advice because our parents never had to deal with that with us. So it's almost like this whole new generation learning of how to parent and also we don't want to take that technology away from our children and punish them or make them you know miss out like a lot of parents have a fear of their children missing out Mm -hmm. and at the same time we need to protect them from not being exposed to what's online and that constant you know bullying that can happen or not even just the bullying like you know, I've known, you know, 15, 16 year olds that are up at 2 a.m. consoling their friends who might be suicidal or self harming. Children are just facing a lot more pressure these days, a lot more pressure to fit in, a lot more pressure to, and even though we're creating all these different programs out there for them, we do not involve them in that process. We still have a top bottom kind of approach where I'm the adult, I'm the professional, I'm the expert, and this is what you do. You know, we don't ask them what they need in a school system. We just go out and engage with organizations because we think they need resilience or we think they need calm. We don't consult with them. We don't treat our youth as equals in regards to understanding their needs, like treating them like they're humans, really, because they are, but we just think we know what's best for them. And That's really hard. And so that's where it comes in. And, you know, it's human nature. For the longest time we've been facing of, you know, body image issues and low self-esteem talk, like how we talk to ourselves. And, you know, we've had it 
at all times. Like back in my days, in my <laughs> age when I was younger, God, how like I sound like I'm really old now, right? Like my parents and grandparents back in my age. But seriously, like, you know, the parents that are listening who are around my age, Cosmopolitan, Cleo, um, girlfriend, they were influenced on how we saw ourselves as girls. And if our parents didn't buy that, we just got to see them in the supermarket and a checkout chick with, you know, when our parents took us shopping. Like seriously, what are our children facing now when they've got TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, all of these filters? I don't know one young person that can take a photo of themselves without needing a filter on because it's such a distorted way of like what they think beauty is and what they think they need to look like. And that brings a whole different issues with that. So I can talk about this for ages, but these are just some of the things that we need to consider when we're considering the psychology and the mental well-being of our young people, teenagers in particular. Beautifully said, Mary Lou. And it's a great reminder because I'm smiling because, you know, I've got, I don't have children, but I have nieces and nephews. And it's so easy to say, well, that didn't happen in my day and use and apply the same kind of principles of parenting or mentoring. But you're right. It is so different. And we probably need to educate ourselves about that. And I know for a fact, most parents are having that dilemma of too much social media, but I don't want you to miss out. And where do I even find that fine balance? So you're absolutely right. So Mary Lou, I'd love for you to share, if you can, a simple client story of how the journey went for a teenager when they came to see you. What kind of, how do you, how are you different? You know, it's so funny. If you told me that when I was in my younger days that I'm different, I'd be like, oh my God, I want to be different. <laughs> and now it's like, I love being different. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We need more people like you. Well, awesome. we just need people to really just shine their light in what they do and just bring that out into the world, really. That's how I just feel like I'm different. I really believe in what I do and the evidence is always there with the results that I get with the children, but it's actually not on me. It's not on me. I am just a facilitator and I'm an educator and I love giving evidence to young people's brains and their families too, but it's all about giving evidence to the brain Because when the brain can see something happen and transpire, it is more likely to believe it and then take action on it. So, for example, if I was to do a visualization exercise with a young person, I love giving their brain evidence of how that works. You know, we do stuff on focus. But I guess, you know, to answer that question as well, I work alongside the child And it's all about, this is where coaching is so beautiful, is I draw out the answers from them. So I can go in and say to them, oh, you want more confidence? Like we identify confidence as what they want to work on. And I'll be like, okay, so you need to do A, B, C, D to be confident. That won't work with a young person. You know, they haven't embodied it. They haven't felt it. And it's like, where's the evidence for their brain? Oh, you want me to do that? Well, you know what I mean? But what we can do instead and what I do instead is have a look at, okay, you need to work on confidence. What does confidence mean to you? So always working in a child's values and understanding of what it is for them because also a big thing is that adults always project what they think something is, which may be very different to what the young person needs or understands it to be. So using confidence in that example, what does confidence look like to you? And then from there, what are the things that you can do to become more confident? So have a think about that. And then we would workshop a whole bunch of actions that this young person can take 
to then work through and become more confident. And the difference is, is I'm not telling them what to do. They are, their nervous system is comfortable and safe because they are coming up with these answers for themselves and there's no authority telling them what they need to do. We all want to be seen, heard and respected and it's no different for a teenager than an adult. You know, we wonder why there's so many screwed up adults is because when they were teens and younger, they were not seen, respected or heard. So let's give that gift to our young people so they don't have to grow up to be like those adults, yeah? Absolutely. I love what you said and you actually reminded me of when I spoke to you about trying to tell a teenager about mindfulness and meditation. It's something you have to do. And you put it beautifully to me of how you can encourage them in a different way. And I'd love for you to share that with our audience. So remind me of what I said, because I say a lot of stuff sometimes (laughs) and I don't remember. (laughs) You're right. When it comes to mindfulness, you know, like we can, like, this is the thing, the school system, you know, tries to do so beautifully, but I see it as it's failing because what it does is it brings in. So I used to go into schools and do yoga and mindfulness and the teachers, you know, the school would pay for that to come in and there was no consultation with the young people whether they needed it or not so there's this yoga teacher or this mindful person you know saying you must learn how to meditate you must learn how to do this you must learn how to do that and they're going I don't want to do any of this who are you to tell me what I need to do kind of thing right and it's like it sounds like fluff to them so if we can step in and go how do you feel in your body actually right now? And they might say, I'm feeling really crap or I'm down or I don't feel so great. Would you like to feel different? Would you like to feel better about this? Because sometimes they may not and feeling crap might just serve them. And who am I to tell them that they need to feel any different? That's their emotion and their responsibility and their choice. And so most of the kids will say, yes, of course, I want to feel better about myself. And I'll be like, may I show you? So always have Ask for permission, you know. May I show you some techniques that might help you with that? And I know, you know, sometimes, and I use a lot of humor and I make it, I make it so that it's not like they, you know, anytime I catch myself, you should do this, shoulding on ourselves is not healthy and it doesn't get us anywhere. So we don't want to come in with a young person shooting on them with anything. Now, of course, we know that meditation and mindfulness exercises, yoga, breathing helps. And again, what we do is we give their brain evidence for that. So one thing like I'll say to them is, I want you to hold your breath for five minutes. And they're like, what? You can't, you can't. Like even deep sea divers hold it, I think, max like, you know, five or six minutes. Like you have to be really well trained. And three minutes is the most that any average person can hold their breath. So I talk to them about that and I go, how do you feel in your body when you're not breathing properly or when you're not, you know, showing the, the body evidence? I actually do a lot of um, somatic work with them or I'll get them to stand up, jump, get their heart rate going like really, really fast and then slowing it down under a minute just through breath work, just through touching their heart, like put hand on your heart, feel your heart, feel it racing. And through your thoughts and through your breathing, how you can bring that right back down in less than a minute because who's in control of your body? You are. And so that way I'm not telling them what they should do, but I'm having them experience it so it feels good in their body. And when you feel that good in your body, why would you not want to do that? It just makes it really simple that they choose 
to do that rather than being forced to do that. Really beautifully put. And it's actually sparking all sorts of light bulb moments in me. How do you communicate? You're absolutely right. And I wonder if I just go through like conditioning of how, of communicating, oh, this, you should do this. And, you know, the hierarchy that you demonstrated mentioned so beautifully, like, you know, do we go into that role of I'm better, bigger than you, I know better. In actual fact, we need to go into their world of what they need and almost speak to them like an adult of what do you need? And I love how you said, you know, the permission, can I show you, would you like? You're so right. Which kind of leads me on to my next question. I know you've actually given some amazing tips already. What would be the one tip that you would love to share with teenagers to help them regulate their emotions? Because I agree with you. I see a lot more anxiety, especially post-COVID or during COVID. Well, anxiety is the biggest problem with our young people right now. So I would love to speak to that. And I would ask any young person listening to this or their family is make friends with your anxiety. We, again, I love all the mental health awareness that mainstream is bringing to people and, you know, um, kind of stripping the taboo around having any mental health issues and, you know, uh, reaching out for help and asking people to help us or seeking professionals. However, anxiety is almost betrayed as a bad thing. And I think anxiety, someone who learned, made friends and got quite close with anxiety when I became a mother it's really important to make friends with it and rather than aim not to have anxiety is how does your anxiety show up to help you? So talk to it. Oh, hi, anxiety. Okay, something doesn't feel right because all it is, it's a compass in your body telling you something doesn't feel right. So anxiety could be about the uncertainty and the unknown of something new or something even that we do know about but we don't like. So if there's anxiety about going to school, anxiety talking to a new person, anxiety trying a new sport, whatever it may be, what a gift that your body is showing you and saying, I don't feel safe about this, so what do I need to do to feel safe? And what I really encourage parents to do is they are the, I'm not the expert on your child. And I don't actually believe in parenting experts. I really don't. I love Maggie Dent. She's an amazing expert. For example, I use her because she's an amazing mentor that I've always read her stuff and looked up to her and what she does. You know, she's raised four boys. However, she understands human behavior and Maggie Dent is not going to be an expert on my boys. I am the expert on my children and as you are the expert on your children. And if more parents step into that for their own family, I believe we can already reduce anxiety around a lot of stuff because our energy as parents transfers to the energy of our children as well. And so when a child comes to you anxious, most of the time the parents get anxious too because they either project their own experience of something, they've been through all of that, right? But I invite you to talk to that anxiety and ask it, what is it showing you? What do you need help with? Do you need help to gain more confidence? Do you need help with your communication? Do you need help with your organizational skills so that you can feel better prepared to go to school? So that anxiety, what is that anxiety showing you? And once we learn to talk and make friends with our so-called negative emotions, we can become whole because we are made of both positive and negative and nothing is good or bad other than what the meaning we put to it. So I just feel like with a young person, speak to that anxiety, take deep breaths and come back into your body. So if you need to touch your heart 
and feel your breath and you'll notice that that comes down. And then ask yourself, what is the worst thing that could happen if I step into this? So let's just say there's anxiety around going to school, speaking to that anxiety. Why is that anxiety happening there? Is it because there's some bullying? Is it because of uncertainty? Is it because they don't feel safe? Is it because they don't know what to do? What is that anxiety around? And then address that and eliminate that. And that's how you bring down that anxiety. And then what that young person will feel is empowered because they're not being crippled by things that are outside of them. They're coming back within. Does that help? Does that answer your question? Unbelievably so, Mary Lou. In fact, I'm thinking it's going to help many adults. And I I can't wait for this recording to go out because I'm going to send it to a few adults who are experiencing anxiety. And it's just a beautiful take to it. Very much an empowering take. And what valuable lessons you're giving teenagers. And I'm telling you, I've walked through it. So I'm not just telling you this because of a degree or a book. I've walked this. I felt this. I have practiced this. And anxiety still visits me and what a wonderful gift when it comes to visit because I'm out of alignment with something or something's not working for me and I need to change that and again who's in control of me I am so what a beautiful gift when that happens that I can actually go well I'm the captain of my ship and how am I going to steer the ship and that's where the empowerment really lies and see we all have that within us So I don't empower your child. I just give them the tools to feel empowered because they've already got that within them, as you do as a parent as well. That's incredible. Mary Lou, I think you've helped so many of our listeners. Thank you so much for being here. It's so inspiring. Before we let you go, where can people find you? In my home at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully in a clinic soon, actually. But you can find me. Well, I haven't put my website again. So a lot of people find me through Facebook at the moment. I've got Orchestrate Coaching with Mary Lou Coombe. So that's where I spend a lot of my time in my Facebook page, just because that's where most of my clients are hanging out. I have been told I need to do TikTok. I'm not there yet. So bear with me on that. I will get there and email marylou at orchestrate.cc. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mary Lou. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take home message today? Remember it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit the Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au for more resources on how to de-stress, re-energize and reclaim your health. Enjoy the journey.